Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Chipman Brothers Tangent Podcast. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Bob. Um, And, uh, yeah. Hey, Bob. How are you? I'm a little under the weather. I'm a little on the sick side. Got a little bit of a cold, so if my voice sounds different, that's why. But uh, otherwise, doing okay-ish. Yeah. So, um, we the, the government is open, Bob. Yeah, that happened while I was out. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I w- went to a movie, came out of the movie, and the government was open again. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's really interesting. Um, I'm not going to say much more about it other than that, but wow, the government is open. Yeah, that's good to see. Mm, what a bunch of bullshit. Um, yeah. Hey, anyway, so we're from New England, and in probably, oh no, a few days after people will be able to listen to this, so Hey, everybody in America that's listening to this that's not from here. Um, the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl again. Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. We're going for r- r- ring number 10, right? I think it's six. Is it, is it six? I think it's six. Yeah. It's, I, th- I thought Brady already had the, the too many to fit on one finger. I thought that was already, like, didn't he already do the commercial where he had to put the thumb up? No, that was the joke is they had recorded that commercial, but then they lost. Oh, right, right, okay. Like, that was the big joke, yeah. Right, okay. That was a funny one. I lose, I, this is going to make everyone hate Patriots fans more, but I actually have lost track of how many times they've won now. You know, it's it's funny how, you know, it wasn't too long ago that every team we had sucked. Well, no, they didn't suck, they just didn't make it to the big game. I don't know, the Red, the Red Sox were pretty shitty when we were kids. Well, no, no, the... No, this is, you gotta remember, it's, it's not like, cause teams that actually suck don't get there. You know, teams that actually suck, they have like marginal gains and they never go anywhere and the local fans, you know, are like just kind of like good with it. The reason that the Sox and the Patriots and the Celtics and the Bruins were frustrating for so long. Cause they long, were always in contention. Yeah, was that they always almost Fair. got there. And then they didn't get, and, and then they didn't get in. Like there was always a shot that they would, they like they'd get to the, they'd get to the championships, and they wouldn't get in. <laughs> it's true. So, so on behalf of um, the people in New England listening to this, and I guess the Saints fans, <laughs> go Patriots. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so er- earlier on, you had given me a homework assignment. I like homework assignments now because it makes me see things. And I finally finished this homework assignment and watched The Endless. Okay. You, 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 it was you that told me to see that, right? Yeah, it did. It was great. Yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I, I don't know if um, people on here have listened to this, but it was the guys that made Spring, right? Which I had seen. Yeah. Um, what are the names again? I it, It's a director-writer duo, um, and they star and write and direct these movies, and this this one was super cool. Um, for for those of you that haven't heard of the Endless, I think it's on Netflix still, because that's I where I watched so. it. And it's like you know, it, it's a, a two brothers who escaped um, a weird like out in the middle of I guess the Las Vegas mountains is that where it is or in the um, Midwest somewhere um, cult. And the older brother, you know, has kind of been the caretaker of the younger brother. And they get a message in the mail that the Ascension or whatever they were all waiting for has either happened or is going to happen. 
and that makes them think that weirder stuff than they even thought was happening was going on, and they go back, and um, at first, you know, you find out that maybe the brother was lying a little bit um, about what was actually going on there to scare his brother, and then the shit gets weird. Yeah. Um, what, what I really liked about it um, is how little it showed, but how much it played on the tropes of, okay, you just know what's going on here, or you can assume what's going on here, so we don't have to tell you. Um, I, I like a movie that leaves that much in the dark, but yet still has so much happen. Do you, you know what I mean? It, it's full of weird time loops and um, otherworldly Lovecraftian monsters that may or may not be there and um, pretty damn great acting and effects for how cheap it is. Yeah. Um, and, and I really dug it. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, you, you've seen, did you see it in the theater? Uh, I, I saw it, uh, as, uh, I'm trying to remember, was this a festival or was this just a brattle thing? But I did, I did see it, uh, as it was coming through. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Um, yeah. be- better than, better than a lot of things I've seen like it actually, mm. I'd say. Um, so that was cool. Um, yeah. what about you? What have, uh, what's, what's new? Since we talked last, that I may have uh, not seen. Uh, well, I won't. I won't. I, 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 I don't want to say more than why, but uh, people need to go see Serenity. Yeah, I um, it, I hear it, it's bonkers. Yeah, it's it doesn't look like it is because it, it's the the one where Matthew McConaughey he's a fisherman and his ex he's like uh, on an island and he's like a burned out like Hemingway type fisherman guy. And he's trying to catch the big tuna, and it keeps getting away. And he's all Captain Ahab about it, and he's drinking, and he's you know just like being being cool, like uh, you know one of these like quintessential movie characters that like you. If Matthew McConaughey didn't exist to play this role, they would have had to grow him in a lab. Right. Exactly. You know, because he has to be like you know it's like yeah I'm a washed out burnout who lives alone on an island and I'm a ho- and and you know horrible lifestyle and I smoke and drink all day and I'm a fisherman, but also I look like Matthew McConaughey and I'm in perfect shape. He doesn't make any sense, but who cares? Yeah. Well, he's in uh he, he, you know, he takes the fishing boat out and whatnot. And he, it's just like in this burnout Island in the middle of nowhere, you know, like just running away from waiting for stuff to clear up back home. And his like, uh, ex-wife played by Anne Hathaway shows up and wants him to, she's her current husband is, uh, uh abusive. And he's like some like rich criminal guy uh, to her and her son, who is Matthew McConaughey's son. And uh, she can't just leave the guy. So she wants to hit to book his fishing boat to take the guy out for like a birthday fishing trip and kill the guy. And she'll give him like $10 million and he needs money. So it's like a, like a noir thing. You know, he's like, who can you trust? What's going on here? And, so like already like yeah pretty interesting you know it's one of these erotic thriller things everyone's fucking it's it's uh it, it's you know it's all sweaty and sunny and whatnot but uh whatever you think is going on in this you you are not prepared for what is actually going on in this it's is it more bizarre than a perfect getaway yeah yeah i, would, I, I would say I, so because i dug that one and i felt that aside from the fact that david twoey made it I yeah. wouldn't have thought anything, you know, that that movie about 90% of its runtime is a pretty standard, <laughs> you know, movie like that as well. And it, um, it, it veers left very quickly. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are movie. Here, here's the thing. There are movies with premises similar to or much more bizarre than the actual premise of this movie. The thing of it is, those movies tell you that that's the premise going in. They don't, like, pretend to be a normal movie for, like, you know, an hour, and then midway through they go, oh, by the way, this is what's actually going on. Oh, I can't wait. It's, uh... Is it any good? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I don't know if it actually works. Like, I don't know if... It's, it feels like the sloppiest possible execution of an idea that might never have actually... Like, when, when they finally drop the, okay, here's what's actually going on, and this is why the movie is kind of weird up to this point. Like, it just feels off, you know? Huh. Like, I just watch it and I go, you know, these, these performances are odd. This plotting is odd. The setup is odd. There's... There's directing and editing and score and acting and dialogue choices here that just seem, like, off. So when they finally tell you, okay, here's what's going on, I go, okay, like, half of that, half or all of that must have been intentional. But I don't know if this could possibly work under any circumstances, but I'm amazed that someone took a shot at this. Wow. But it's bonkers. So, and you know, like, see, like, see, like genre bending bonkers. You will not get me to answer that question. Okay, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm curious because the trailer, I, I hadn't seen the trailer until tonight. Yeah, and I, I'm watching the trailer and going, well, what is this? And then until the title came up, I went, oh, this is that movie everyone says is so weird. And aside from the trailer having a sense of urgency to it all. You know, like something weird's going on here, but it fe- felt like you know a mystery, something weird, not you know um, anything more than that. Um, interesting. So uh, I'll have to check that out. So Serenity. Yeah. Cool. Um. Not uh, the Firefly movie then. No, not not the Firefly movie because that's this confusing is, a lot of people. Well, it's co- it's confusing a lot of people if you know Firefly Flames. In the ge- in in general, like public, it's not confusing anymore. Right? No, I agree. The, I agree. This 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 has been like uh, one of those, you know, like vertical slice of uh, fan experience things. Like if you're on, like if you follow, uh, like I did, I did the review and I made a joke about it at the beginning of, you know, should I should I tell people that this is uh, a different movie? No, no, that's not actually confusing to anyone. But uh, and, and well, no, it's and it's not because it's like. This is one of those things where, like, uh, like if you called another movie Scream, right. people would... Because, like, everyone saw most of those movies. Right. Right. But uh, this, uh, you know, like, much love to Firebrands, but the, the internet distortion effect, where because something has a very large online presence and is well-liked by a lot of, like, online journalists and people who tweet a lot. You know, it therefore must be a big deal. Like, the reason nobody saw Serenity in a theater is because nobody watched Firefly. True, true, true. Like, this, this, I, I understand that, like, and I like Firefly, like, I understand that the, the fan base for Firefly kind of immediately decided that this was going to be the new Star Trek and when it failed, they decided that, oh, well, you know, Star Trek got canceled, 
after three successful seasons because of studio politics. Uh, you know, they're going to do a movie, and we'll go see them, and the movie will regenerate because that's what happened with Star Trek. And it's like, guys, like, I understand that you really love this, and it's great, but, like, it, it, it had, it was pushed really hard, and it didn't take. Like, the, the, the world did not want this. Hmm. So, you know, I mean, I liked it, but, you know, maybe it was the wrong time, but, you know, the, the world kind of spoke when it came, like, the, the, the studio, Fox gave Firefly a giant push. You know, they pushed Serenity, the movie, about as hard as you were going to push a fans-only movie reunion project for a TV show people didn't watch. Right, to be, to be fair, in the time of Netflix, Serenity would have been a Netflix movie. Yeah. And and it would have done great. It probably would have done a hell of a lot better there. It <laughs> probably would have. I mean, who knows? You know, who, know, who knows? It's been, uh, you know, the, these things, they they happen in, uh, they sometimes happen, they sometimes don't. You know, Seren- Serenity is, uh, I feel like if they were going, it, like, I mean, Firefly today would be made under different circumstances. You know, now Joss Whedon would be the director of the Avengers, and then other stuff happened, and then it's not that yeah. anymore. Yeah, the director but, of the Avengers, and also kind of a shitbag. Oh, yeah, crap. And the, <laughs> and the, yeah, so, you know, things things happen. But, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, wow, this game My- Minecraft is great, yeah? Wow, it's great. Who made it? No one. It came from space. It came from space. Exactly. Um, so, speaking of shitty people, um, oh, yeah. I, uh, I've been trying to catch up i haven't done a great job but i've been trying to catch up on the uh award season movies and i'm i'm probably not going to make it in time but um i i checked out bohemian rhapsody oh okay right and yeah. um you know it's it's exactly it, it's not a bad film it's exactly what i kind of expected out of a biopic mill movie about freddie mercury but um, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought all of the performances, not just Rami Malek, were awesome. The the band were were very cool. I think Malek deserves all the praise he's getting for it. Um, why did it win Best Picture? People really like Queen, man. I mean, I do too. Um, I mean, but I also really like Johnny Cash, and I wasn't clamoring for um. Walk the line to win Best Picture, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, it was at the Globes, though. No, I'm just saying it. It surprised me. Um, I mean, I will say just like anybody else, I was absolutely a blubbering mess of oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever during the Live Aid sequence, which was fucking incredible. Um, it, I mean, you, you didn't even do enough to pre- prepare me for that. Like that was. That's some pretty kick-ass recreation right there. That was awesome. Um, but it, it just, it's just, it's a surface movie. You know what I mean? It didn't, it didn't really delve into conflict or anything, but I enjoyed it. Um, I really liked the stuff they did with the, with the singing voice. Um, I was mm-hmm. reading into a lot of that. I liked the, how it was a mix a lot of the time of the actor singing and then an impressionist to do the really high notes and then Freddie Mercury's actual recordings. It, it the the singing and live sequences had more authenticity. They felt realer than a lot of um, movies like that to me. 
I know they did that with uh with um Joaquin Phoenix for um Walk the Line as well. I keep wanting to call it Walk Hard because <laughs> I just love that movie so much. But um, you know, as I said, speaking of shitty people, so um Brian Singer was fired from this film, right? And he's not really getting credit like at awards ceremonies and stuff for it. I from what I heard from the Golden Globes, they they credited the other director, right? Uh no, they well they credited the producers because you 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 give right. the oh yeah the no that's best, right the best that's picture right. award goes to the producers but you know he wasn't like on stage with it or anything right or uh, so N- no they're they're why, acting as though he he's doesn't why is he using it as some sort of shield or like turning like I mean I get why because people suck but Jesus Christ I mean we know this guy I mean the first story I ever heard about. Um, anyone meeting a celebrity director um, from people my age was I had a girl from my graduating class who went to USC and she said, you know, oh, yeah, I met Brian Singer. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. He's the guy that made the usual suspects in X-Men. Right. That's that's pretty cool. She goes, yeah, he's kind of a shit bag. Hmm. And I went, really? And she goes, yeah, she goes, he was coming to parties and slipping roofies into drinks of um, young dudes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the thing that's vile about that isn't the fact that it was dudes. You know what I mean? It, it's, yeah, it's the yeah. fact that it's underage people taking advantage and their students that want to, you know, probably move their way up. This is this is shitty. And, I mean, it's the same thing as the Kevin Spacey thing, right? It's like yeah. everyone heard stories like this. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't fired from Bohemian Rhapsody because of shit like this. He was fired because he wasn't showing up to set. <coughs> How does he keep getting employed? Well, for the longest time, he was able to sort of hide from, you know, a lot of the accusations on the basis of, well, shit, every, you know, every other producer in town has young girlfriends and stuff. You're going after the gay guy. And And he uh, seems to still be during that. Like he called the accusations now coming out against him homophobia against Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, this this he. He well, is, like that—that that offends me. That's that yeah, sucks. <laughs> yeah, he—he he is very much still willing to. It it seems like the the Brian Singer approach to getting out of trouble is that he is perfectly willing to try to shackle himself to every other gay person in Hollywood, and and try to pull them down with him and see if uh, people will hold him up. And also, you know, he is a. Uh, you know, he has friends. Yeah, and, I know, mean, pe- it's just, so did Kevin will, Spacey, right? That pe- couldn't save yeah. him. Pe- well, people will protect you. Because we get that creepy-ass Kevin Spacey video during his accusations in Boston. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Don't have to bring that one back up. But yeah, yeah. I just, I figure you couldn't talk about the award. I mean, it's now lost, right, the GLAAD um, Best Picture nom because of this, right? Yeah, gl- GLAAD rescinded its nomination. And that, um, that pisses me off because, number one, I don't think the movie's deserving of a Best Picture award, but also I don't yeah. think I don't think the movie... It sucks that it has to be associated with this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's probably going to still get to keep making movies, and it, you know, I liked the majority of the X-Men movies, and that really pisses me off, too, because those movies are such a, you know... When you make a superhero movie that's about superheroes that are the, you know, the subculture, the lesser known, the the outcasts, quote unquote, as it were, you can't help but make that 
be an allegory for how you personally feel. And so, you know, you want to get behind those movies about, oh, man, you know, the, this guy's personal struggles with being gay is coming out, you know, in the movie. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but he's not really struggling. He's just kind of a shithead. Mm-hmm. And that that sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and enough about that. It just it, it annoys me. Um, but more so. Um, and I haven't seen Green Book, so I don't really want to talk about that, even though there's a ton of controversy with that. Um, but how do you feel about the the Oscar nominations? And we don't have to go deep into them, but the you know, the the, the big ones. Well, Best Picture is a we is a really weird feel between a whole lot of wow, those are really good nominees, and are you fucking kidding me? Right, that's exactly how I felt. You know, it's like you got Black Panther, Black Klansman, both yeah. very awesome. much n- need to be there. Roma, I haven't seen, but Alfonso Cuaron has not made a movie I don't like, so I'm I'm sure that's fine. But it's also double dipping in the foreign and Best Picture category, yeah. which. I have my own personal thoughts on about I I love that there's a foreign film category and I love that they can be in both, but it's kind of the same way I've started feeling about the animation category is it's like, you know, if the movie's good enough and you can put up to 10 nominees in best picture, just throw them all there. I mean, uh, foreign isn't a genre. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Animation isn't a genre to me there. You know, it, it just weirds me out. Um, well, it does, but it's it's there because to get them more attention, because I otherwise agree. these are things that would not be, for the most part, these are things that would not be nominated or be mentioned. Right, sure. And also, the ar- I mean, the argument for, the main thing is, is that these are, because it's not necessarily the best foreign film, the best foreign language film, it's the best foreign language film that was distributed in the United States by a an American distributor right. because the Oscars are for the American film industry. So there is that. So it's it's not you're not just awarding the fact of the movie coming out. You're awarding the studio that had the presence of mind to look at this and say, yes, this should get in front of the eyes of American audiences. Something of an an archaic way of looking at it in modern terms, but when they first started giving an award for Best Foreign Language, uh, you know, an important thing, because not every studio looked at it as a thing that they necessarily should still be doing once movies went to sound. For animation... Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. You know, for, for animation, the fact of the matter is you have a voting body that still, for the most part, will, that a lot of people just will not vote for an animated movie, or thinks that they're that they are so different that it needs a you know a different category and and i get that um it just it we'll get past it someday i mean i'm I'm happy enough that you know a, a superhero film is now nominated for best picture and i between that and black clansman if either of them won which i mean it, it's a stacked category right i mean bohemian rhapsody's got a lot of push behind it from the globes um, I never really thought it would be a contender here, but it's got a lot of push for it. But, you know, I just hope Vice or Green Book don't take it. Yeah, I I would hope that as well. It's it's very strange because it feels like without honestly, without the uh the issue of Brian Singer, it feels like this would be like Bohemian Rhapsody's thing to take. Right. And I mean it, I, I wouldn't be offended if it took it. It just 
Yeah. You know, it, it's an Oscar Beatty kind of movie, but right. when you have that in a Star is Born in the same category, I mean, yeah, Star is Born is a remake. Yeah, it's this, that, and the other thing, but it's like that, that is the, you know, Oscar worthy mo- movie of the two. But of the category, I mean, hell, you know, um, the, the, the director of The Lobster in his weird-ass period piece, you yeah. know, could could easily take the award, too, you know? Um, yeah, it's it's weird because there is – everything has sort of a, th- a knock against it. Like, the, the, uh, the ones that in any other year, like the conventional Oscar movies, you know, you have Green Book, which I think is, like, it's fine. It's not, like, a wonderful movie, but it's, it's, it's fine, but – it's, it's cool. It's cool to see one of the Farrelly brothers attached to something that's an actual like. Okay, this is a big movie. It's interesting that the same year with him has been like the same few year period that Adam McKay all of a sudden makes dramedies. It's just weird, right? You know, we got yeah. the comedy it's, guys yeah. moving in. I mean, what are we going to get? Like Seth MacFarlane's um, Citizen Kane biopic next, or something like that? I, well, I think that was like Cosmos. That's true, and that was pretty good. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's rough. But it's just uh, interesting to me. I, it would be cool to see, you know, Black Panther take the award. I, I don't. I I know that that's what everybody thinks. You know, us crazy superhero fiends are going to say, but I mean, it really is a worthy film in that category. I uh, no, especially the, this the, year. Yeah, no, I think. If you divorced the 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 like if Black Panther had come out the same exact movie, uh, but uh, you know maybe like a, a different title that that like wasn't emphasizing that it was about the guy in the suit, and it's not like a Marvel movie and part of the the Marvel superhero thing, I think would be a front like a a close to front runner as a rare but possible sci fi movie that can take it, just on the virtue of. You know, it was the biggest, it's the biggest hit that's in there. It was the biggest cultural event that was in there. It has so much uh, weight behind, it's the clear audience favorite. Oh, absolutely. It's the, it's the one that people saw that's in there. It's, uh, so. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I love that um, even, you, you know, you, you talk about um, not being, uh, not being 100%, you know, behind, busy knowing your audience, right? The, I, I saw the, uh, the Oscar screener for, for this movie, and the way that it's done, it's a big picture of, um, why am I forgetting names right now? But the, the gentleman who plays Black Panther, what is his name again? Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Brain is shutting off right now. It's really late. Um, yeah. It's basically a picture of him in his tribal garb, not in his Black Panther costume. And it's it's all done up to look very, um, very, like, dramatic, which which the movie is. But, you know, instead of it being a shot of, you know, like a battle scene or something. And I was like, that that's that's really clever. Um, clever marketing. I mean, that's all the screeners are, right, is, is marketing. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about director? It, it's super cool that Spike Lee finally has a nom. So I was going to say, with Spike Lee, could, do you, what do you think about... He's had a weird career, and you know, I. What do you think his best non like, um, you know, if you look at the Spike Lee joint type of films as having a specific uh, genre or bent to them, um, 
What do you think the best of the ones he was doing for a while that were not in that vein, that were more like contract work type movies? Uh, probably Inside Man. I was going to say, is it Inside Man? Because that movie's fucking incredible. Yeah, Inside Man is really good. Like, his 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 swing at Old Boy wasn't bad. It wasn't great, yeah, it's, it's it wasn't just, bad. It, it, when it's great, it's just the same movie. Yeah. And I, I don't, I mean, it, it, it had a flair to it. It wasn't a poorly made movie. Um, But yeah, Black Klansman, it, the thing that I really loved about it, and I think we talked about this on our last podcast, but um, I'll just reiterate it again. It, it really held its hand and really allowed the characters in the movie to breathe before it went like hard on um, bamboozled in its third act. You know, and I, I really enjoyed that about it because I, I love the movie Bamboozled to Death, but that is that is a harsh take. And if you're not a fan of Spike Lee's style and don't don't want a message being jammed down your throat for two hours, um, it's a hard one to take. Whereas Black Klansman, you know, you don't have to do a lot of flourish to 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 have the message be, you know, a front runner in that. So we kind of just let the movie breathe. And I, I really enjoyed that about it. I, I hope he gets it. I mean, that really is a hell of a category. Yeah, I think it's a good group. I mean, people are uh, angry at Best Director for Bradley Cooper not being in there. I mean, I'd like him to be there over Adam McKay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think and uh, not not just have dislike for Adam McKay. I haven't seen Vice, but I mean, The Big Short is an incredibly great film, and I've heard Vice is a a decent performance or a great performance in a movie that doesn't really work. So, I mean. Yeah, okay, put put uh, um, Christian Bale up there for his, his work in the movie, but doesn't necessarily mean the movie needs all that praise. Yeah, it's, you know, I... Uh, people are seeing stuff in Vice that I just didn't see, and that's, like, fine. So, like, I'm not gonna... Like, I didn't dislike Vice enough to get, like, mad at people for liking it. I don't think it's a bad... I feel like it's very much there because it's the closest thing to, like, an angry, angry political nominee that's a good... that, that that's, feels like a good movie. And it's got a bunch of big actors in it, and it, uh... You know, and it came out right... You know, it, it started hitting the screeners right before the award season came in, so it was there. And act, there are more actors in the Academy than anything else, and they appreciate the difficulty of wearing the makeup. So, like, I'm not surprised... I'm disappointed, but not surprised that it got in, so I'm not going to be annoyed with it. The The absence of Bradley Cooper in director, like, I don't, I don't mind. I don't think that, like, he, he blew anything out uh, being, uh, directing Star is Born. I think he was, I think, he, like, he was fine. But, uh, you know, the, the rub on it is that they, people feel like he's being punished for, seeming arrogant on all the tour stuff for it, you know, about like, I'm, I'm a director now and this is what I was trying to do oh, as, all right. you know, you know, like, uh, like, Hey dude, come on. You directed like one movie, slow your roll. Well, drink your own but, Kool-Aid, uh, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah, no, I get that. I, I can see people getting annoyed by that. Um, so yeah, I'm, that's, that's cool. Um, so do you think they're going to have a host? Uh, no, 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 they've said they're not going to have a host. So what are they going to do? They're going to have different, uh, act, they're going to have, like, um, different people come out and introduce each thing and have, uh, oh, different... So, like, like a presenter's show, basically. Yeah, like, yeah, a, pre- oh, a presenter's I, show. Yeah. I, I, I think I can deal with that. Yeah. 
All right. Cool. That that's cool. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I I, I enjoy the Oscars. It, it's all very silly. Um, and I know that it's like the the cool thing to to shit on it because of what it is. But you know, I I enjoy it. It's it's all it's all a bunch of BS. Um, and I I I find it interesting. I find it interesting to think about it and try to figure out how you can think like uh like them and figure out what they're going to nominate. It, it it's kind of a boring. It's sad that it feels kind of boring because everything kind of either seems like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense, or why? Why would that be in there? Um, to me, it's it's Spider-Verse's year. I, uh, I'm i really happy to see that get the animated nom. I'm glad that it isn't blown out by Disney. Um, it's uh, that that was still, I said it last time, that's, that's my favorite movie of the year. And I, yeah, um, I, I hope Spider-Verse is best animated. I I hope uh, like I would I would really like to see Black Panther get Best Picture. I don't see how it happens. I feel like I feel like there's probably like still some resistance to it getting in there in general. The fact that Ryan Coogler is not in there as Best Director is kind of like a signal. Surprising. It, well, it's surprising, but I feel like I feel like a lot of the as as much as I would like it to be the case. Otherwise, I think that. There's a recognition in the Academy that Black Panther is something that should be nominated, but I think a lot of it did come down to, guys, look, every year we get dinged on not nominating enough black movies and never nominating a superhero movie. We can't do both at one time. Okay. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're, we, 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 we have to, you know, I think that there was, I, I would like I would like to think that uh, you know that that a a voting plurality li- like li- all looked at it and said you know yes this has to be and I think that especially with the expanded field of nominees that uh, there was that what put it over the top more than anything was yeah okay everyone has been saying all year since this came out including really heavy lobbying by Disney that this should be nominated and that the nomination is the win for this one. Okay, fair. So, but I mean, so they, this... I mean, they, but they nominated. You know, they've they've done the the you know they have Black Klansman and Black Panther, you know, right? Both yeah. in there, but a whole bunch of movies that women did aren't in there. Yes, so that is what all, they, that's also what are they true. just not good at including everybody? It's like ba- we give it to one, yeah. fuck the other. At, le- at least they're dudes. You know. Well, I I think that the the one that kind of like got the pushed through on the this has to be nominated was was this one was that that was like from the beginning it's like guys look this was people are showing up to theaters in like you know costumes with like six generations of family you have to put this in and i I, like i i think that the the idea of this needing to be there pushed it in more so necessarily than the academy being that full-on forward uh, and again, I think that it would be a much heavier favorite to do better toward winning if it were not a Marvel, if it were not a, a, an MCU movie. Like if this was a standalone other studios superhero-ish Afrofuturist sci-fi movie, I think people would be saying, "Yeah, wow, this was a giant, groundbreaking new thing. This this should be the best picture winner." And I think that what holds it back a little bit is wow, there goes my voice already. The reticence to uh, to reward a part of 
the Disney Marvel machine because the yeah there's, yeah there's because there there's a big part of the Oscars that really is sort of like braces even though they don't want to vote for weird you know that weird underground stuff they also don't like being seen as part of the you know they they like to be seen as the you know the respectable center of Hollywood you know voting for the real honest artistic films that the audiences see and that people enjoy you know that we're we're not the 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 freaky Sundance indie kids but we're also not the fireworks and explosions and pyrotechnics in the summer we're the classy movies that PBS tote bag people go to see in the fall you know yeah. the, the 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 Miramax contingent dies hard it's true well hopefully and most of it will die with Weinstein although he already separated himself from that well, but there's that, but that's why, I, like, if I was putting money, I think Green Book is probably Best Picture. You think so, think, huh? Yeah, I do. I think, like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it that much. Uh, but I, I think just, that I'm it's, really surprised. Like, if Beale Street could talk wasn't on there, I'm surprised. Um, Searching wasn't on there. I'm I'm not surprised that Searching's not on there because I think that again, even as for much like as, an acting award. You know, it thing doesn't, is, doesn't have to be picture, but Jesus. The, the thing of it is, I think that a whole, I think that there's a certain generation that watches half of that movie and realizes that they're never going to turn the computer off and start the real movie, quote unquote, and decides not to finish it. Fair, fair. And then, the, you know, there's also like Hereditary had four awards that I thought it was a shoe in for. At least yeah, nominations. I, think... I, you know, I mean, I thought Colette would be nominated and win. Um,. Of course, you've yeah. also got Lady Gaga. Does she count as supporting, or is she an actress? I'm hoping it's actress. I think Lady Gaga is an actress, right? Because there's only yeah. her and Bradley Cooper in that movie, right? That's basically yeah. the. Um, but you know, Hereditary could have been a Best Picture. Hereditary could have been a director. Hereditary could have been a screenplay. You know, you know, I was hearing about like Oscar possibility for Hereditary, and at the mark at which everyone in the theater kind of sits up and goes, "Okay, I didn't see that coming in Hereditary." I kind of went, wow, I didn't see that coming. And then the second thing I said was, wow, they can kiss every single awards nomination that they thought they were going to get goodbye because everyone in the Academy just took their screener out of the machine. Every single, like, uh, blue hair in the Academy just so pulled that DVD moment, out and said, I'm not... So which moment do you think that is? You know which one it is. Well, is it the beheading of the kid? Because that's way yes. too early. That's way yes. too early. That sets up the whole premise. Yeah, and and they're done at that point. I thought it might. I thought it might be um, Tony Collette setting her husband on fire. No, no, it's the kid. As soon as as soon as they either the head coming off or the close up of the uh, the the head with the ants on it, they they cut out and they go, nope, not watching this. This is what this this is not elevated horror. This is actually one of those horror things. I'm out. Uh, just like he's... just like. Just like Suspir- Suspiria is probably almost in until the uh, the chick. Did you see Suspiria? I have not seen any version of Suspiria because I'm a okay, shitty film lover. Okay, never mind. So take but, my card uh, away, Bob. I'm not taking your card away. Uh, so, but I mean, so, to, yeah. me, to, to me, Hereditary is you know, it it's deserving of the same level of class and respect. I say that in a movie directed by Roman Polanski, for Christ's sake, Jesus, of Rosemary's Baby. It's that genre. It's a little fucking weirder and goes a little bit further. But, I mean, for the majority of the runtime, it's a it's a damn fine, well-made movie. 
and then it goes bonkers. Hmm. I don't know. That's just my outlook on her, Terry. <coughs> I, I, I thought it had a chance. Yeah, no, I saw as soon as there are certain things that I look at and say, like, yep, yep, that's out. Interesting. Yeah, right, it's well, it. Yeah. Um, Wars. No, I think it. It's it's. I think it's Green Book because, I mean, it, Green Book is the sort of thing like as soon as you saw the trailer and the person's like, oh wow, this this is going to get nominated for an Oscar. Well, I thought that it, way about Boy Erased. Yeah, I I don't think it got the traction, and and also Boy Erased is kind of too honest. You know, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's just I saw the trailer for that and I went. Not only does that look like it's going to be great, but that looks like that's going to be like the Green Book style nomination of, of course, this got nominated. You know, the thing. Is, the thing is, it's very raw, and Green Book is not raw. And you know, like Green Book is very safe. Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. Well, it's I'm, it's very it, it's very it, it, it's the safe movie, it's like Blindside kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's yeah, very much so. Very much so. And what I... the thing, it, It's like last year when people were saying, oh, is it going to be Get Out or or, uh, or Shape of Water? You know, it looked like it, was, it could be either of those two. And I thought, you know, it's probably going to be Shape of Water, uh, you know, like between the two, because like if you're looking at the way that they fall, the, even though Shape of Water is weirder... Oh, yeah, Shape, the, of, Shape of Water is one of the strangest Best Picture no, uh, winners I've ever seen. <laughs> It is, but you know when you when you get aside from the fish fucking, uh, which which admittedly is quite a thing to get aside from for the for the academy. You know, credit to them. I, I'm I'm really impressed because there's a lot of it, there's a lot of you know, um, intelligent people around our age group that still can't get past the tee fish fucking part right. of the movie. So. But the thing is that that the shape of water is also telling a its its whole socio political yeah. story is is telling the academy's favorite possible version of, of of a social justice story. Yeah, that's which, true. Which, which, which is, you know, the 1950s and overcoming specifically 1950s baby boomer patriarchy by being open to new things and how every um, marginalized person's oppression is analogous to the oppression of just being, uh, you know, different and creative and artistic as well. You know, like like me being an oppressed creative person in Hollywood is exactly the same as a marginalized gay person or a marginalized black person. And we we all defeated uh, Michael Shannon in that movie, so we all won, and we're all on the same side, right? Yay! That's that's that that that's Hollywood's favorite possible version of a social justice narrative. Whereas Get Out is the opposite of their favorite version of that, which is, hey, you guys kind of suck at this, too. In fact, yeah. you're, you know, so that that's it, because, like, I think, and Get Out was in no way subtle about, you know, hey, hey guys, guys, just so you know, we, we cast a guy from the West Wing as, as our face of, you know, white liberals are actually racist as well here, so, F you. So, like, that did not have a chance of actually taking it, because they knew that they were the one, you know. I would have voted for Obama a third time. They knew that they were the ones getting skewered there, as you know. We're we're so unracist. We're actually racist. That movie, it, it did it win any? It won screenplay, right? Or director? Yeah, but, no, Del Toro won director, so it won screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the um, 
So yeah, so I I think that uh, where so like Green Book, the reason I think it has ahead of, of things is because it is a perfectly designed. I mean, it's the reason they made the movie. It's a perfectly designed movie about racism for this moment because it's a movie about how you know yes you know white people and black people you know, we we can get along if we just hang out together, but also it's a, like you've seen the trailers for this, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's. It's not just about, like, yes, Viggo Mortensen's character is, you know, like, a, a typical racist dude of his time, and he becomes less racist by hanging out with this guy, but also, the black guy is, he's a, a, a rich, um, you know, world-traveling black guy, he's been educated abroad, he's, you know, a classical pianist, I mean, he's a real guy, it's a true, true-ish story. Uh, he's been educated abroad, so he has actually not had a black cultural experience in America, so he's just as lost in the black part of rural America as he would be in the white part. And actually, Viggo Mortensen is slightly more familiar with the black part of rural America, because when you get right down to it, poor people are all basically the same and on the same side. And so he, he sort of learns to be more black by interacting with Viggo Mortensen, and, and it's about how class is more closer, brings us closer together than race does, and really we should all just get along, and that's, it's, it's a very for-the-Trump-era message. It's sort of, it's, it's kind of Hillary should have campaigned more in Wisconsin, the movie. Ah, uh, all right. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So that's, that, it's that, it's that whole thing of, you know, it's, you know, race isn't what really divides us. It's class that divides us. And if we just stopped thinking about, and it, and it has this whole, like, there's this whole subplot about, you know, where it seems like he's like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, you assumed that because I was racist, I'm also prejudiced about this other thing that comes up, but actually I'm quite enlightened about it. So maybe you should rethink your prejudices. You know what I mean? I mean, there, it's not, these, it, it's, these, these are things that, like, shows like All in the Family dealt with straight in the face and actually, like, did them bitingly and raw and realistic. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not, like, I, I, I understand why, like, I didn't think it was terrible. I understand why, like, I know a lot of uh, my, my person of color friends, uh, just found it insufferable. Some, 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 some of them liked it, you know, but, uh, I, I know, I know a lot of, you know, black, white, etc. people who found it insufferable, but, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't love it. Uh, I think. I think mom really liked it. Yeah, she did. M- mom yeah. really, really liked it. Yeah, and that, and that's fine. You know, that the thing of it is, is like if this was made thirty years ago, this would have won the. It would have been nominated as one of the five Academy Awards, whatever year it was made, and it would have won it in a walk. Oh yeah, because it, w- it probably would have been considered very progressive. Yeah, you no, know, it's a, and it would have, and it would, I mean, it would have been two different actors, but it would have been, you know, like. Uh, like it, it would have been like the 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 two guys version of Driving Miss Daisy, and you know there you go, and that's kind of what it is now. It's just it when there's so many other more interesting movies kind of on the same subject, it's a shame. But it it checks every box that the Academy generally likes. It feels progressive. It's a movie about racism, but also it's a movie about racism that's both from a white perspective that also is about forgiving and letting white people feel better about themselves. Like, yes, racism's bad, but also there's other things that are bad, 
and you can improve, and also your perspective on class and everything else is also valid, and, you know, maybe we should all just listen to each other, you know? <laughs> so, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe the, you know, maybe the, the marginalized people and the, the, the not as marginalized people, maybe we should all just listen to each other. It's, it's, it's just, it, it's the tacky version of that, and it's, so I think that it will be really appealing to them, and I also feel like, because there, there really isn't a non-problematic for a voter on the Academy movie that would be an Oscar movie this year in general, I feel like a lot of, like, the the voters that are looking for a movie that more just kind of appeals to them as the older voters will look at this as, like, their only refuge. You know, they're... Like, I'm trying to think about this as sympathetically as possible. There's a lot of people on there who are just Academy voters of a different era who still probably make up the majority of voters and is looking at this and going, I mean, look, look at what you put in front of me here. You got this movie by Spike Lee who terrifies me that has all of this horrifying stuff at the end of it that scares me, and it's kind of funny, but it's kind of not, and what is this even? You got one of these... One of these Spider-Man movies, one of these superhero movies where the guy puts on armor, this is a best picture, really? And he's from like a made-up gobbledygook country? What is this? This is an Oscar? This is stuff my five-year-old watches. You're kidding me. What is it? The favorite? This looked like a good movie, but it's all weird and it's full of lesbians and sex. Ew. What is... Oh, it's gross. Ew. You know, what is? what are you looking at all these other... All, like, a lot of this stuff here is just going to weird them out, and it's different. Fair, and, fair. And then they, and then they look at... And I'm, I'm not being nice to them. I think this is a stupid-ass way to look at the world. But I think that they finally get... You know, Roman's like, I mean, it's all... Why don't they turn the camera off? It's all in long takes. It's black and white for no reason. It's not old. It's all in Mexican. I have to read it. I'm not into that. You know... I uh, I think that they look at it. I think they look at Green Book and they go, "Oh my God, finally a normal movie!" and and they 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 go nuts for it. So I think Very that's probably fair. that. But on the other hand, it could be Roma because they seem to be really into Roma. Uh, it they, could they're very, well. very they're very much into Roma, and you and you think Vice has no chance? I don't think Vice has a chance. I think Vice is there as sort of a belated. You know, hey, hey, fuck you, Dick Cheney, and by well, extension, I mean, fuck, it, fuck you, Donald doesn't Trump. Doesn't it? Doesn't it kind of fall into that same category as um, Green Book, even though it's more biting? A little bit. I think it's also just you know, I think that's the influence of act of, of the actors branch being very strong there, and it being an actors movie, and a whole lot of people going like, oh, good, you know, this is uh, let's do this, you know. Fair, ne- never fair. So you think we'll have the Gary Oldman? Um, effect from last year where um, Christian Bale probably takes the award and then the movie's just in the best picture nom because they, the actors so overwhelm it. Oh, I think, I think Bale has to be the favorite. I think, I think, no, I I agree. I just mean, you know how, um, um, uh, Bob brain, um, Mm -hmm. commissioner Gordon there, uh, Gary Oldman, Oldman, his his movie didn't have a chance of winning, even though it was pretty good. But you know, he, he definitely needed to win for that, right? It's like one of the Winston Churchill. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, we, we spent a while on the on the awards, so we can move on from that. I thought we'd be able to tangent off of that into something, but let, let's tangent off to it by talking about a trailer for a movie that will not be nominated for any Academy Awards, um, and I can't <laughs> fucking wait to see it. Um, John Wick 3. Yeah. Now, I have not seen the second one. Oh, you should. Um, I own it. I haven't seen it yet. But holy shit! 
Yeah. What a trailer that third one has. Um, yeah, that's that's good stuff. I, f- I got to see it in a theater, and it plays great in a theater. People cheer for it. What was it in front of in a theater? Uh, glass. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had Glass, Serenity. I'm uh, sorry, um, John Wick, Serenity, um, and Happy Death Day to You. Huh. With the truth, and and I glass is actually how I'm going to end this because I, I I do want to talk about that. Yeah, um, we should. You, yeah, I can't believe we didn't lead with glass. If you saw glass, oh, I just I wanted I, I had we haven't talked in a month. We usually you know right, we were doing yeah. these twice a month for a while, and no, no, we we can talk. So I just I wanted to talk about how great the John Wick three movie looks. It, it's a really well cut trailer. Um, it, it's funny because a bunch of people I was sitting through in the audience, I heard people whispering as soon as uh. Uh, Morpheus showed up. <laughs> is this a Matrix sequel? <laughs> a bunch of people that had no idea what they were looking at. I thought that was great. <laughs> um, and I also wanted to say how, you know, I'm very happy that the day before my birthday, um, the Jane Silent Bob reboot will begin shooting. I don't know. Oh, if, right. I don't know if he's missed the boat on the reboot being a funny joke thing, but I can't wait. Well, I think the uh, I mean, it's not. It's not just it's the movie is called Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I, I know I, I get it because yeah. I, I I would imagine the idea is that someone's rebooting the Bluntman and Chronic movie. Yes, and that's going to be funny, kind of like Scream Four kind of did with, which is fine. Um, I just I I can't wait for it because Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is one of my favorite movie going experiences of my life. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for him. I, it's cool to see those characters returning. But yeah, so um, I, I guess that brings us to, uh, to, to, to M. Night Shyamalan. Um, he made a new movie, Bob. Yeah, he did. Um, so uh, really quick before we talk about it, I have not seen, as weird as this is going to sound, The Happening or The Visit <laughs> or Lady in the Water. Oh, really? Yeah, I own Lady in the Water. I don't know how. I think I borrowed it from somebody and they just never took it back, but I've never seen it. So I was thinking, and I had to rewatch it to verify, but I remember when, when you and I saw Unbreakable, right? This is, you know, this is this guy's second movie. Yeah, Unbreakable is a hell of a lot more pretentious than The Sixth Sense. It's all those things, but man, I, I watched it the other day to prepare for, you know, I just wanted my mind in that world to prepare for watching the third one in the series, watch that and split. And I really do think unbreakable is, is his best film Mm -hmm. like hands down, even, even after everything, even after adding in the fact that, okay, people have done more movies have come out with the superhero takedown, the superhero in a real world thing. We finally got a Watchmen movie. So is unbreakable really even necessary anymore? It still holds up. I think it's a wonderful film. Yeah. Um, and I think Split is a pretty damn cool little suspense thriller that also happens to be a secret sequel to Unbreakable. And it, it, it in his career outside of The Sixth Sense, is the best dupe twist he's pulled off, I think. Um, without it even needing to be, a, it wasn't really a Shyamalan style twist in Split, right? It was just, you know, it didn't need the music to kick up and have people explaining it. All you need to do is have Bruce Willis turn to the camera and say his name was Mr. Glass, and that's it. Yeah, it was fucking phenomenal. And and you and I have, you know, historically disagreed on the village. Um, I still I still really dig the hell out of that movie. Um, The twist doesn't really work in it, but I but I really dig the hell out of it. Um, 
you know, that was beginning his period, though, of casting himself as, you know, a little bit more of a winky character. Um, and yeah, he then I do that. From what I've heard in Lady in the Water, it was even worse, but I haven't watched that one yet. Um, but, but that brings me to Glass. So what did you think of Glass, Bob? I think it's a movie. Okay. <laughs> Del- no, d- delve into it more because I'm I'm actually primed and interested to talk about it because it I also is, think it was a movie. <laughs> it's you know I I think uh, what is fast what will always be interesting about Shyamalan is that there really does not seem to be another filmmaker who is as committed to not just surprising the audience, but also deflating the audience. Okay. You know, like, okay. like, you, like, you, like you, That's you, fair. Wi- like you, you will be disappointed. You will, you will be let down. And that's what I'm going for because I'm trying to teach you a lesson about something. See, and it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I, I feel there's, there's shortcomings in glass for sure, but I, I wasn't disappointed with it. And I was worried that I would be, and that's an interesting takeaway. Uh, I wasn't disappointed with it. I, I felt visually, it's one of the more um, uh, closest to like that that one two punch of Sixth Sense and Unbreakable again. Um, aside from some murky shots at the beginning, but I felt you know it, it was a really visually well set up movie. I thought the. Uh, I thought the the actors all showed up. You know, of course, it's fucking Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson and Jay McAvoy. They're they're gonna show up, but um, I I felt and maybe maybe I'm a bit more of an optimist. Maybe because I haven't seen like the trifecta of crap. You know, those three movies. Um, you know, I've seen The Last Airbender. I've seen After Earth. I mean, they're just boring and badly made. I I I don't you know, um, but this one. The things that fascinated me about Unbreakable fascinated me again here. Okay. And and maybe that just means it worked for me and it, it doesn't work for other people. I'm not saying it's all, and I don't want to go blowing it for people, you know, on this podcast. It's new enough that I'm not going to say exactly what goes down, but we could say spoiler alert right here for Glass because we will talk a little bit about it, you know, but, you know. I I felt that a good three quarters of the movie was for me was friggin' note perfect and didn't feel like it was deflating me at all. Um, but counterpoint to that, I mean, what what um what what really bugged you? You know, shoot, because I I want to know if after hearing someone else say it, I uh, I feel different. <laughs> well, I I think uh, I'll say is when I say that he. That, that the audience is supposed to be deflated, I don't necessarily think it's the wrong direction to go. I mean, because... Especially a sequel to Unbreakable, you know, which was all... You know, which repeatedly hits home that it's like, yes, this is a superhero movie, but it's in the real world, and it's not going to be there. I think that it's it's very deliberate that, you know, we, we start off and we get the, okay, here we go, Bruce Willis is going to fight the Beast, like, right the hell away... And immediately the cops show up and arrest both of them because it's not a, like, we're, like, that we're not going to have this big, you know, Marvel movie blowout, you know, between these two guys. That, that the, 
the idea that this was ever, even though this is like the, tr- the what the trailers are selling is that okay, now that we've done all of the the realistic movie setup, now these three guys are going to come together and this is going to turn into a conventional superhero movie. No, of course he's not going to do that. Well, right, that, and that that's and I, and I loved that about it. It's like no, I, I mean, watching Unbreakable again. Unbreakable is a slow, thinky, talky movie. I mean, and, and and again, that's where he gets his his very well earned a lot of the time, you know, um, uh, criticism of being very pretentious. But in Unbreakable, it worked for me really well. And instead of the things that bothered me about The Incredibles 2, for example, is that The Incredibles 2 came 19 years later again or 15 years later, right? And didn't feel like the characters in the movie had learned anything. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. just they decided to make the same movie again. And, okay, so maybe some stuff in the third act that we may or may not get into in, in Glass makes it seem like, okay, is it deconstructing a cinematic universe kind of a thing, or is it just trying to create his own? There's There's two sides that can be argued there. But this movie itself felt like, if this had been Shyamalan's fourth movie, it felt like he could have just gone right into this after Unbreakable. And to me, I, I guess I can't, I can't see that as a failure so much because it delivered exactly what I wanted. Is that... And, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm very much aware that the majority of critics in the world don't like this movie. Um, and I'm having a hard time finding things to be that cynical about with it. Um, you know, I... I feel like the setup, the, the third act setup, especially with the way that whole sequence plays off, kind of allows the the cast a little bit too much breathing room to have exposition. It's a little bit on the nose, you know. Characters walk away and let two characters talk when really this is a this is a pretty intense situation. But I like what they're saying. I like the reveals of what's going on. Is it a little heavy handed? You betcha. Um, but I don't know. Of the vast majority of a lot of it worked for me. Now, what didn't work for me, thinking about it, is anything involving the final girl from Split. Anna Taylor Joy. And I like her, and she's not bad in this. But I, the whole setup of that movie is that you know she is an abuse survivor, right? Yeah. And okay, so her the 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 big thing in Split is she's pure as the beast would call it because she's been hurt she's felt pain so they've developed a bit of an understanding how she's all of a sudden like into him or you know friendly seems a little bit unearned especially their final moment together it's it's a little gross yeah but, it's, it's a little but, weird and i was actually talking to our friend corinne um about that earlier you know about how the setup of that sequence is so cool but it's almost like okay Bruce Willis has his son, Elijah has his mother, so we need um, the Beast to have uh, a person. But they it yeah. could have been somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. that was really bothersome to me. It didn't take me out of the movie, but it's like McAvoy is so good; he doesn't need another person to play off of in that moment. You you know, um, and I get that they were leaning really hard on the sympathy card of okay. The idea we're going for here is that, you know, in the real world, it isn't pure good guy and bad guy and villain and hero and that there's some other force out there that could be even worse than that. And 
I, I get I get what he's going for there, but it kind of unravels a little bit. Not fully for me, but it kind of unravels a little bit. Um, yeah, that that's a little weird. It's I think I'm not sure that it even really works with Mr. Glass. Unfortunately, it it's kind of a like I mean this I'd have to backtrack and explain a, a little more of of what what didn't uh, what what wasn't quite doing yeah, for me. No, but and and I mean it because I'm I'm not here got, to like. This isn't like the, oh, I'm going to take down Bob's opinion kind of a thing. I genuinely want to have a discussion because I want to make sure I'm not I'm, I'm not missing something. Because, you know, I, I heard a lot of people complaining like, um, and again, spoiler alerts on here. You know, the if the if, if this group <clears throat> that doesn't want humans to progress into superhero direction has been around for 10,000 years, how come Bruce Willis and Elijah were able to exist with people knowing who they were for so long? and they explain that. Do you know what I mean? I heard someone try to take the movie down, but the lady basically said, until this other fuckwad showed up, we pretty much had the situation under control and we were watching you. Okay, yeah, is that kind of a cheap throwaway? A little bit, but at least they explain it. Every, everything about that is so stupid. Oh, but, but again, literally, go, literally go back, every, go back every, to the every, things that every, bug you, though. Go, go ahead. Well, well, I mean, here's the thing. I like the 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 initial angle of because I because I get like going in I knew that the very first curveball this was probably going to throw was that no this is not going to be a superhero action movie because he doesn't do that so the idea is like okay all right so we're gonna get our big you know the see who who will win between the beast and uh, the overseer I guess we're calling him now um, early on. And then now we're gonna know we're gonna lock all three of the super guys in a mental hospital, and the movie's gonna be about you know the 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 superheroes and villains in therapy. That's a very Shyamalan thing to do. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm here for it. Nice. And I, and, and I liked all of that. Yeah, yeah, good, like good setup. Um, what first becomes immediately apparent is that. And, and I say this as someone who, who likes Shyamalan as a creative force, even when he's bad. Is your, your, but, prob- your problem going to be Dr. McGuffin, as I like to call her? No, <laughs> well, every, like, I, like, like, like I said, everything about that is stupid. But um, the he does not take criticism well. And he really needs to... Like, the, the last time he you know, kind of like got, uh, seemed to feel like he was in a place to kind of, uh, you know, cut loose and uh, give a, a grand statement on narrative. It was all about how critics are stupid and you shouldn't listen to them because they get in the way of good storytelling. Was which that is Lady the f- in the Water? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I don't want to spoil Lady in the Water, but La- Lady in the Water is a, like, a, a two-and-a-half-hour fuck you to the literal profession of film criticism. Interesting. Like, that's that's the plot of the movie. But, uh, so in this one, as soon as it got into, okay, they're here, what, uh, what, like, what is she studying? What is the, the issue that we're going to have with these guys? Even before all of the reveal stuff happens, when it gets into, okay, I am here to convince you that you are not actually as special as you think you are, I kind of like, because I was with it up right up until then, I was like, okay, this is good. Good setup. I'm digging it. It's well directed. I like these actors. And as soon as that, as as she kind of like dipped, okay, and now here's our theme for the movie, I kind of sank in my chair and went, 
oh god no he did it again and i and i was like oh god no no i am i am going to sit here for however long this movie is of you know of of the plot of this movie being how first off obviously she's a bad guy because yeah that like, that, that is very true i um be, i well and, and it's one it's not even kind of revealed for me. I was like, oh, right. yeah, they're not safe with this person. It's <laughs> right. Well, one, because, and like, I hate to, like, in a better movie, I would be, I, I would plausibly be willing to, to like hand wave this and say, well, whatever. But like, narratively, this is complete cheating. Because if we're to take the other movies as at, at face value as reality, we already know she's wrong and there's no suspense here because we know that all of this stuff really happened. We saw it happened but verifiably see, in front of other people. So I, this, this, I, whole, agree, this... I agree with you, but, but where my, where my mind went with that was that's kind of where they want you to be. They want you to already know this is bullshit. And the point of it was that she's trying to convince them because she's a bad guy not or or because this is some sort of delusion that she's trying to put on them and you're supposed to you know be there going yeah i know that i've seen all of this happen not that the plot of the movie is going to be her convincing me and him i didn't think they were trying to convince me i thought they were just trying to convince them and that's fair it it felt to me like it was edited and and cut as such that we were supposed to think there might be a chance see because i was br- i was worried that when I started hearing that, that the eventual reveal was going to be the biggest cop out you can do in a genre like this, pull the fucking fight club ending. And if oh, they yeah. did, if they did that, I was going to burn the fucking theater down. Yeah, there is that. No, do, do you know what I mean? That, yeah. And, and there was some setup in the beginning of the movie that was, especially with, you know, like before, you know, that split is in the unbreakable universe. It took me a second watching of split to even register that Kevin brings the horde brings flowers to a train because they said you they said your dad never came home and it didn't i didn't react there so then i started thinking about that and going oh no they're not going to do that they're all just freaking different parts of kevin's personality are they i don't want to see that fucking movie because one identity did that better Uh uh-huh right that movie doesn't fully work but identity did that better and fight club already did that better so i don't want that so i was worried and i'm glad I'm glad that's not where it went. Yeah, so that didn't that didn't work for me. Um, also, like practically, the the well, forget practically for a moment. It was more the the thematic side of it because I realized because again I've seen M Night's other movies and I it's always really obvious when the move when when his movies have have kind of slid into even the good ones when they've slid into the director is now speaking to the audience about the message of the film. Like even the good, like in in uh, in signs, you know, like oh he, yeah, he he actually gives himself that character. Well, he gives himself that character, but also like when uh, when when like the wife is like talking to him, and the, you know they cut to a close up just so she can talk directly to the audience about what we're supposed to be thinking. Like he he's not subtle about these things. He wants you to know what he thinks. And when I realized, okay, this this movie is about him, you know, giving the giving a, a film-length bird to everyone who, during his fallow period, told him, you know, maybe you should reconsider that you were not the perfectly formed genius that everyone told you you were right after The Sixth Sense. 
maybe you should listen to other people's criticisms. And, uh, you know, now that he's had a couple successes since then, no, no, actually, I am the superhero of directors. Fuck you all. And, uh, and lo and behold, our, uh, you know, reveal for the movie is, you know, no, actually, there is a, you know, not, o- not only do special, you know, perfect, uh, you know, people who should be running things exist, but there's a shadowy cabal of bad people who are in charge of holding the, uh, the, the, the better special people back, both good and bad, for, nondescript reasons that I guess he's hoping we'll want to see another movie explaining. And I mean, uh, I mean I, all of these criticisms sound fair to me. <laughs> and and I know you and we, we we talk a lot so but I mean I don't know maybe it's because he didn't give himself a character that came in and said these exact things in this movie that I didn't that wasn't registering in my mind that that's where I thought he was going with that. I guess. Well, it's well, like that, you know, and you know, maybe I'm reading that into it, which is fine. Either way, that whole segment, even though I think it's it, it's like a smart idea to know we're going to lock this down, and these guys are just going to talk about their psyches for a while. It goes on both way too long, and also without really telling us anything that we don't already know about all these guys, because he has clearly been, even though he's taking all of this time to kind of riff on the idea of conventional superhero movies, he's clearly gotten very bitten by the idea of his cinematic universe bug. So we're going to chop up this middle part that should be all about getting to reacquainted with our main characters, and instead we're going to get reacquainted with their supporting cast to fill in all of these extra details because well, we've it's, got to, it's, to build it's, up this extra mythology stuff. It's to hide the misdirection that they're doing with the entirety of... I mean, when your movie is called Glass yeah, and Samuel L. Jackson is Mr. Glass yeah, and he gets the supporting and Samuel L. Jackson thing at the end, he spends the majority of this movie pretending he is comatose. Yeah. Again, cool, cool bend. I I loved the whole reveal with him. He is fucking phenomenal, right? Yeah, he's great. He's but, great. But you, but I'll give you this because, like I said, I do not feel Glass is a perfect film. But I, for me, Glass worked as a really great culmination for this little trilogy he did here. And I sure as hell hope we don't get another one because I don't like the setup for what could come. I I loved the whole idea of all the stuff that you're saying you didn't like. The last shot of, okay, now, so, so for instance, I, I was talking to our friend Tim, and he had said that he felt, and again, spoiler alert here, that they don't give David Dunn a good, um, of a, 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 a hero's ending. Do you know what I mean? And they said, you know, his story doesn't culminate to anything. It kind of leaves, like, the son's, yeah, upset that he's not there anymore, you know, and upset that this shadow conspiracy group kill killed him you know but there's not like a a good arc for like the son and his relationship there for his thing in the movie and my my takeaway was a little different because i feel that if if you're gonna have okay now the son is taking up the mantle with these other two people against this contingent that's kind of like his final show of okay the black and white comic world of there's good and there's bad you know there's people worse than elijah do you know what I mean? And and I and I like the setup there. It it doesn't fully earn it, but it earned it yeah. enough for me. But 
again, I still say, you know, why is Elijah's mom there? And why is Anna Taylor Johnson there? Like they, Elijah's mom has had such a shitty life with her son that are we now supposed to believe that all of a sudden she's okay with what her son did? Well, the movie certainly is. No, that's what I mean. And that that's the part that I, I have a hard time with. So, I mean, this is, this is a solid three-star movie for me. And I'm just going to throw that there. If we were going to give it forces, that's because it's it's complicated and it doesn't stick the landing on a lot of stuff. But I really enjoyed the ride. You know, yeah. I, I really did. It, it, it took me, Bob. It, yeah, it, I, I get it. I get it. And, and I think I have a soft spot for this guy, which is. Yeah, which no, is, I, I do. I do as well. It's uh, I mean, I think I went like two and a half because it's I mean, it's it's certainly different. It's it's weird to me, like even while watch even before the big reveal thing came. Because like it's it's so like the 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 shadow group thing is one thing you know it's okay fine whatever you know what, what like I can see where it works that's something like structurally it's just badly introduced it shows up at the end out of nowhere and doesn't make sense so like if now if that had been dropped elsewhere in the movie and we were wondering okay wait a minute what's going on here. Is, that, is something else in play? That's fair. Then, you, you could have had a oh Willis Willis thinks somebody's on to him or has been following him earlier on, and he's got a little bit of research he's done, but didn't finish it, and he leaves like a picture for the sun with the four leaf clover on it, and then the sun shows up with the research, you know, or yeah, something. Yeah. That, that okay, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll Things give you that, that because because otherwise it's just like oh by the way this is going on, and it's like no come on like even. Well, what, what, even, what, even Shyamalan used to like. Even the Sixth Sense does the red thing throughout the whole movie. What, you know? Fair, fair, but who, who, I, I haven't gone. I don't think I saw any of this shit anywhere else in this. But it, you know, um, it but, feels like a lot was cut out because there's like stuff in there that would suggest that there was supposed to be a reason for why the Doctor is like into this. That like that they keep showing like she has pictures of her kids taped to her terminal. And stuff that would suggest yeah. that like maybe maybe she has a backstory that it's very clear that he delivered whatever the cut of this was to Bloomhouse and they went, Oh boy, okay, so we're only gonna make money on the first weekend when people go to see this. So just get this down to a length where it's coherent, please. No fair but, uh, fair. Um I I like to have a less darker view of that, but fair. I mean we've seen plenty of movies where that's happened. Um but what where I think structurally it's more problematic is it doesn't come in there as a stinger and then end the movie. It comes in there as a stinger and then they give you they give you room to breathe with it. Yeah. And it makes you question, so how did that scene really play out? I mean, there's three people dying here and a bunch of people, and there were real cops. Oh no, the beast killed the real cops. Yeah. So the SWAT team were all part of, but again, they're all just kind of standing there. And yeah, that's, that's what really, it's like, you know, they didn't, like, close up shop and run away and leave them there. That kind of bothered me. Now, the thing the thing that I have a problem with, and it I have, the more I think of it, the more it breaks down, is really where we're left with our three, I guess, characters who are taking up the mantle. Yeah. Um, to, spread, to spread the gospel that there's superheroes in the world is... There's nothing really earned or telling me what they're going to do. Okay, so they uploaded a YouTube video of all of this. That That's cool. Elijah's little, I saw this coming the whole time, so I'm yeah. going to send you the thing. It's is a cool twist. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give him that and everything. But what's to be gained by it? Like, they, they, you know, 
the criticism of Unbreakable is that its twist, you know, that Samuel L. Jackson did all this stuff, was a lot quicker than The Sixth Sense. You know, The Sixth Sense gives it, you know, and it really hits you with all this stuff, and it's a big reveal, and it's amazing. And Unbreakable kind of hits you fast, and then text comes up, and the movie ends. But watching Unbreakable again, I like the way that it did that. It, it kind of leaves you at the climax. Yeah. You know, this movie has a couple of climaxes, but then leaves you in a really awkward feeling state. And like I said, I don't think it ruins the movie, but I just don't know what to think of it. Well, it's weird to me because it seems like, and again, I think part of this is, be, this is why I think that most of this is Shyamalan on Shyamalan, is the end of Unbreakable is him, you know, most of that movie is his kind of commentary on superheroes and comic book stuff, which felt a lot fresher before there were millions of movies about that that had, you know, also kind of covered you know, the same territory. But, 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 but I, I also, and, and again, this, this is, I'll, I'll put one pin in. I, I just, just like, you know, um, a movie like Spider-Verse, I can accept Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse working fully in its own world without needing it to be part of the MCU. You know, um, and again, I, this this movie is not as good as that movie, but I I I tried to watch this leaving that thought off the table because, like I said, I wanted it to feel as fresh as Unbreakable did to me. And since Split is playing, Split plays a way better bait and switch than this movie does. Is what so, really so, comes. What? So so you were able to not think about Marvel movies despite constantly flashing no, that magazine no, no, with no, the words no, no, "a real no, life no. Marvel." That's not what I mean. I mean yeah. I was trying to. Okay, <laughs> because I wanted it. He's I I pull for this guy, and you know, um, and I don't I don't think he needs me to be. But again, you've got you know your you've got your big screen directors that can that can fail, you know, and then you've got this guy who I feel even at his worst, it like you said, at least the things are interesting to watch, and this one I feel like a lot of you know a lot was put into it. And I didn't feel any of the any of the heavy handed comic book stuff didn't feel any weirder to me than Unbreakable. You know, I, I didn't feel it went any further than how it beat me over the head, except for a few conversations with and, and like you said, the thing with Elijah and his mom, I it, it just was a jarring change of character for me. Where she's all of a sudden like, Well, this is you know, this is your limited edition and he's like, No, this is the origin story and it's like, Hold on, wait. Unbreakable was already the origin story. That was what you were beating me over the head with for that whole movie. You know, you don't just get to do that again. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's so, like I said, it, it's in the climax that it gets very rocky, but I, but I still overall really like it. So keep going, though. What's, what's more things? I, I like this conversation. Uh, I kind of lost my place. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, I was, dude. I did that, it that's again. A, that's okay. I was about to cough anyway. Um, shoot. So yeah, I think this is Shyamalan on Shyamalan largely because he kind of, like, the end of Unbreakable, he very much is sort of putting the final pin in, just so you know, you don't want this stuff to be real. Right, because, and right. Because, because it turns out that our guy who is obsessive about wanting superheroes and supervillains to be real is a psychopath who will just go around murdering people until he makes it that way. Like, he's a really, he's a really bad guy. And that this, and that no, you, you should not want this. This is not a world you want. And that this guy who goes around wanting there to be, you know, like a better superhuman 
class of people writing wrongs in the world is actually insane because that's an insane thing to want is the message of the movie basically right whereas in glass not only does Shyamalan very clearly come out on the other side of this now because not only are there not only you know are there more special people now and there is a shadowy organization of evil murderers with a, a, a mercenary army who will drown die hard to to keep yeah people that from, that was holy yeah, shit like <laughs> from from fi- who will do that to to keep people from finding out that and also uh, that it's, also fair where fair is fair they didn't have to flash me that fucking puddle six times during that scene yeah yeah I, I, that's no surprise to me some someone can take someone and stick their face in a puddle without you having to flash it to me five times. Yeah. I, I know the, that we the... want to keep reminding you that it's weird that he think that, that water is his kill, but I'm yeah, sorry right. you dr- you drown anyone. You're going to drown. I, yeah. I, it, yeah. It's a little, much, sorry, but sorry. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I don't, don't mean to undermine the fact that I'm still saying, I think this is a good movie, Yeah, but, but so, if we keep going. So it, it's because that now we have this thing where he basically gets to the third act and has apparently either forgotten himself or would like us to either forget or put aside that two of these three people are... They're, they're not, like, just misunderstood supers. They're serial killers. You know, and I, I, like, I understand that, like, Kevin at least is literally out of his mind and has a nut, several other personas that do the murders for him. You know, but, like, okay, but he has, like, eaten... Like a bunch of people. He just ate a police officer. Yeah, like, yeah, he, like, and he's, like, Kevin is pretty bad. Like, he does kidnap, murder, and devour young girls. Like, he's a bad dude. And Elijah is a fully conscious serial murderer and terrorist. Yeah, and then... Who is only doing these things to prove a vague theory correct. You know, to make himself feel better. So, like, these are really, really bad people. And now, because it's working this metaphor about how you should not listen to society that tells you that you can't be better than everyone else, that you should not try to be better than everyone else, that you should be content with mediocrity or something, and that you shouldn't try to be... that, that you shouldn't listen to people who tell you that... You, you're not, uh, the best in the world at something that we're supposed to put that aside because this is the material he has to work from to get to that metaphor. Not only is that absurd, it, it causes it to not work structurally because we, we get around towards the end of it and it's like, yeah, hold on, guys. Um, great. You've shown off the YouTube video. Once people get over, like, the, the surprise of this, they're gonna, like, have some questions. About about this, yeah, they're, they're, th- that that's exactly it, you know, and and so that's why I said Bruce Willis's son comes out unscathed because Bruce Willis is the obvious good person here, right? But yeah, there's a lot of questions to answer on the complicitness of those other two. Yeah, you know, um, and th- and again, like I said, you know, I I still like it, and I feel it doesn't spend so much time with it that it breaks down. But I worry, I I think this is going to make enough money where they're going to let him make another one, and I don't really want it. Whereas with Split, it's like I was so excited to see what came next, and it's like, cool, 
you gave me something next. I don't necessarily think you had as much material to do with these characters as we may have thought. And I got an interesting movie that I enjoyed, a cool little character study. It kind of plays, um, you know, like some of the more, well, it, it, it kind of, the third act turns into, uh, in Unbreakable, you were never rooting for Elijah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The minute it turns out, it's, you start to realize that he's a shitbag. You're never rooting for him. Mm-hmm. And in Split, you're never rooting for James McAvoy. Do you know what I mean? He's he's incredible in it. This movie, it it really feels jarring that Bruce Willis is in the nut house with them. And the only reason he's there is because, you know, the cops have been after him because they don't get superheroes. Like It would be like Batman being in Arkham, right? But the movie really is so excited about Glass and the Beast that it it forgets that you still need the audience to get behind somebody good at the end of this. But they make us get behind these three people that society just doesn't understand. But one of them is a mass murderer and the other one literally eats people. Yep. So it's a bit, it, it, it is, it just, it, it arrives in a weird spot. And I think with some different trimming, the, the weird spot it arrives in could have been a little bit more well handled, but, I, but I like it. I just, uh, yeah, there's nothing to come in the movie before to let me know that there's some evil contingent I'm supposed to cheers for, you know, it's kind of like by the third or fourth nightmare on Elm street movie, Freddy Krueger kills people, but you know, that's why you're watching the movies. And when Elijah has his big, you know, okay, I'm going to break out of this place and I slit this guy's throat and everything, the movie wants you to get rah-rah behind him. But it's like, you know, I can't fully do that. Like, he's evil. And not the fun kind of evil. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, the dynamic with him and his mom is very weird. Yeah, it is. It's like, I, I get what he's, it, it feels like he's trying to, like, retrofit a bunch of new ideas he's he's got into, you know, these, it, you know, who knows? It's, like, I, I don't want to be, like, the cynical about it. It sort of feels like, you know, he saw the, you know, the, the superhero thing happening and decided, you know what, maybe it's time to go and get this and and uh, and use this thing I already did and get uh, back through it. So, like, I didn't, like, I didn't like it. I think it's, it's, I think it's bad. I think it's interestingly bad. So we can we can agree on that. I think it's yeah. out of out of everything he's made, it's the most outwardly interesting to watch unfold for me since Signs. Yeah, because with Split, Split, I I guess I had really low expectations because everything had been so not good for a while. Mm-hmm. So with this one, you know, I, I feel this is an ambitious fucking movie. Like from yeah. just just from a wow, you're really you're really gonna do this, and it doesn't succeed in every direction. But I didn't mind watching it not fully succeed. Mm-hmm. I guess that's my takeaway for it. Yeah, I I dug it. I I dug it, and I want to see him keep making movies. I'd rather have him keep making these original things than have him get pissed off and end up making more contract movies because I don't want that. We don't need After Earth too. Mm-hmm. As it were, yeah. I don't think that's uh, you have to worry about that one. Good or any more Last Airbender movies, mm. for Christ's sakes. No, oh, or 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 more happening. We don't need Mark Wahlberg running from the wind. Well, we're getting the 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 Last Airbender uh, live action thing on Netflix. Yeah, but he's not making it. Right. Yeah. 
That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> Let him stick with these ten to twenty million dollar movies that, uh, you know, still, you know, I I like it because it still feels like I'm watching, you know, a, a an indie an indie director still find his voice. Now, mm-hmm. nineteen years into a career, I, you know, that that's why I'm trying to say I'm trying to think of it as if, you know, the four or five movies of his that I really like are the only ones that existed. Eh. Hmm. So a, a solid three stars for me. Um, but you're right. After talking about a little of it, it is it is a bit jarringly strange where it decides to go. Yeah. With everybody. Mm-hmm. It's good to see Bruce Willis good in something again. It was good to see that. Looked like he showed up. Yeah. I know. What what else you got? Any anything else interesting going on? Where we're gonna go see the Lego Movie? Yes, we are. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah that's gonna be cool. I hope it's good. I think it's going to be good. I don't think there's any reason for it not to be. I mean, I even I even liked Ninjago, and everybody hated that. No, Ninjago was fun. Ninjago, it, it's harmless. It, yeah. was, it, it was just, it was silly. I liked it. It was like a good yeah. episode of the Lego TV show, or whatever yeah. that would be. Um, I don't know, man. I'm at, I'm at a loss of other things, to, interesting things to talk about. Yeah, no, I think, I, I think that kind of covers it. I mean, again, I've been, uh, you know, just dug in for a couple of days because I've, I've been sick but uh, so that I think that catches us up cool man well um you know thank you guys all for listening um as always uh with with me you can find me at at the chippa on twitter um this has been the chipman brothers tangent which is one of four um productions from the chippa made this um the others are creating geeks which I do with my wife the talkbuster podcast which um is where I talk with friends about Blockbuster and the video rental industry and other fun things like that and shooting the shit with Chippa because um, two interview shows isn't enough. So I I need another one and um, we'll hopefully get more episodes of that coming and more to come after that. Please, please, please check out patreon.com slash the Chippa. I know that everybody has a hard time in life and everybody has problems. Um, This is an outlet for me to, deliver you guys things that I want to do. Um, but, you know, the time uh, that I put into that is not free. And um, it's hard to have a family in this day and age in a house, um, especially with governments shutting down and opening back up or whatever else. And, uh, you know, so every little bit helps. So if you help me boost those Patreon numbers, I'll keep coming up with cool new things to do for you guys. Uh, Bob, what about you? Anything fun you want to plug tonight? Uh, right now, I don't have anything uh, major new uh, coming up to announce uh, other than things that have been in production for a while, but uh, stay tuned. All right, excellent. So, as always, I've been Chris. I'm Bob. Thank you for coming along on the tangent. Bye. <laughs>